This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast peeps? I hope you're doing amazing. I want to chat with you today about uh, an intriguing subject, and I'm going to categorize it as the superpowers to create wealth. Now, there are certain things that are necessary for an average person to create wealth, right? I'm not talking about somebody who wins the lotto or inherits a bunch of money from their family or that kind of stuff. But if an average person, how could they go out and create wealth? Now, there are some dynamics that need to be in play, one of which is you have to work, right? <laughs> so I'm actually going to talk about those dynamics, the, the, the environment stuff or the Petri dish stuff on the next episode. So that should be the Monday episode. Uh, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, it's the weekend episode um, in the last weekend of July. And uh, I want to talk about these superpowers. And then on Monday, I want to continue the discussion and talk about the, the environmental uh, dynamics that need to come into play. But let's begin this episode with the superpowers, the, the character traits, the talents, the practices that, because uh, they wouldn't all fit in one criteria like talent. A lot of them are talents, some are skills. Uh, and or traits so but all of them are a superpower when it comes to manifesting wealth meaning creating more uh, uh, creating a dynamic where you have more income coming in and you're able to take that income and leverage it in a way that produces more income or invest it in a way that produces more income Uh, whether you buy a factory and staff it with robots with your money. But but these are the the superpowers that will allow you to do that. So let's begin with number one, which I'm going to do broad-based and I'm going to say character. Because, um, and some of you guys say, oh, come on, that's boring. Uh, Everybody knows you need good character. No, everybody doesn't know that. And, And here's specifically what I mean by character. First is integrity. You will not be able to manifest prosperity if people don't trust you. If people have a track record of interacting with you and you acting in duplicitous ways, manipulative ways, dishonest ways, uh, their word gets around quick and your reputation always precedes you in every avenue. And um, no matter how much money you make, you will never earn enough 
to buy back your past, right? So you've got to uh, conduct yourself with integrity. And, and the related part of character that I think is so applicable as a superpower is simply being accountable, being accountable for what you do, which is another way to say when you promise to do something, you deliver, that your word really is your bond. It's the, uh, here in the, the U.S., it's um, preseason football training, you know, training camps are opening. And I can't turn on a, a ball game without seeing some kind of Chiron headlines about this player or that player who's refusing to report for training camp because they want to renegotiate their contract, right? And that's just an accepted process of the National Football League here in the United States. And it's totally anti-prosperity. Don't get me wrong, if you are a player and you've got a contract with the Green Bay Packers or the Dallas Cowboys and you don't like your contract, you can quit, all right? So just quit and you decide you go out and make widgets or be a political science professor or drive Uber or whatever. But if you signed a six-year contract, you can't go back after four years and say, okay, I know I signed this contract. I know I agreed to play six years at X amount per year, but I'm really working hard and I'm doing well and I'm famous and I've got lots of Twitter followers and I caught more receptions than anyone else last season. So I want to renegotiate. And if you don't renegotiate it, I'm going to set it out. There's no integrity in that. You're not a person of your word. And I get that, like, and not that I'm saying the NFL owners are, are paradigms of prosperity. They're certainly not. I think the whole system is corrupt because it's a, it's a closed game of indentured servitude. Those guys are worker drones in the collective, right? Because if you're an accountant, let's say you're an accountant and you work for the Smith & Jones Accounting Agency in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You don't come to work one Thursday and they say, hey, Danny, we traded you to the Horvats Accounting Agency in Miami. Uh, they need you to report at 9 a.m. Monday. So you need to figure out how you're going to sell your house, transfer your kids in school, uh, move your car, get an apartment in Miami. But they're looking for you to be there Monday at 9 a.m. That would be absolute insanity, right? But the baseball world that happens all it's going to happen like crazy uh but the week you're listening to this is the trading deadline and there are going to be guys who are on the san francisco giants and all of a sudden they're going to be told that by sunday or monday they need to report to uh houston or new york or boston right and i mean it's crazy and you can't and if you want to play professional baseball, that's your only avenue because the corrupt government has given a corrupt, uh, basically it's, an, it's a slavery exemption to some of these sporting leagues to bind people that they're, the, they're a monopoly. They're the only game in town, right? But that is what it is. And you know that when you enter. So when you, all these guys who signed a contract said, I will play X years for X amount of money. And the team agreed to pay them X years for X amount of money. 
And if you don't do that, you don't have character. You're not accountable. And it's no different, you know, James Gandolfini, rest his soul, probably one of my favorite actors. Uh, he did that with HBO, right? Where it became just a monster hit. It was the biggest hit HBO had ever had up to that point. And he had a contract and he said, you know, I'm not going to come up and I'm not going to show up and film. I want to renegotiate my contract. And HBO did one of the most impressive things. The only thing, only time I've ever seen this in Hollywood was they said, no, you have a contract. And they filed a lawsuit and started showing the damages, which were literally millions and millions of dollars uh, that they were losing by not being in production on, you know, and what that means for them and the costs and the income they're losing by not having the show premiere on time and everything. Uh, and he lost, he was losing that suit and agreed finally to go back to work for the original contract. Um, that's just the way it is. I, I have consulting clients who have come to me and say, hey, we want to renegotiate the deal. We love the job you're doing. We want you to do even more. Okay, great. If they're willing to do that, they want to do that, I'm willing to do that, great. But I would never tell them, okay, look at how amazing I'm doing for you. I know I agreed to work for this much. I want to renegotiate it. No, if I've got an 18-month contract for X amount, I'm going to work 18 months for X amount. Um, so character is whether you're looking for investors, whether you're looking for partners, uh, even people who want to come to work for you, right? Let's say you're going to do something, you're going to start some venture, you're going to need some employees. They got to know they can trust you. So I think this character issue, I'm spending a lot of time on it because I think it's really is a superpower today because there's so many people who don't have character today. So when you have it, you will attract people and circumstances that allow you to create wealth. Next superpower is a passion for reading because reading is a, a skill that is, the reason I call it a superpower is because I think the most brilliant people in the world are all readers. I believe reading is the most powerful, effective way to learn. I can read something so much faster than you can teach it to me, right? Uh, so much faster than any professor could teach it to me. Uh, and, and the brightest people I know, they're reading all like me. I, I'm reading six, seven, eight books at a time. I have books in my office. I have books in my living room. I have books in the bedroom. I have books in the Miami bedroom, books in the Miami office, books on the car. And I'm like, oh man, I left that book in San Diego. Or I left that one in my, it doesn't matter. I'm just devouring so many books all the time because I have a passion for learning. And that has been a really important uh, uh, trait for me in the terms of manifesting my prosperity. Uh, because I, it's, it's about lifelong learning and like people who are really committed to lifelong learning who aren't, you know, there are people who have 20 years worth of experience and then there are people who have one year of experience 20 times, right? The difference is some people have lifelong uh, commitment to learning and I'm telling you those people are readers. The next trait is writing skills. You don't have to write books. You don't have to publish a blog. You don't have to be a, uh, a magazine contributor. But 
I think writing skills are one of the superpowers because so many people are unable to do it. And writing makes you crystallize your thoughts. So I think reading allows you to, to devour knowledge and by writing it out, articulating it, uh, it, it allows you to transform that information or that knowledge into wisdom. And I'm gonna jump into the next trait, which I think is just like writing, and that's speaking skills. Same thing, you don't have to be a professional speaker, you don't have to do keynote speeches, but any good CEO, CFO, COO, president, vice president, they better be able to make an articulate presentation to the board of directors or an articulate presentation to the executive committee. If they're uh, just doing their day-to-day -day business, whether as an employee or as an entrepreneur, they need to be able to get in a room of five people and, and, and explain an idea in a way that people can understand it. So whether you're launching a new product, whether you're creating a marketing campaign, whether you're developing the product, the ability to write and speak is how you... Uh, you know how you articulate in either one of those areas uh, is it forces you to become a critical thinker, an analytical thinker, a logical thinker, and uh, that's why I haven't. Uh, it didn't include critical thinking as a separate superpower because, uh, and I think it is as big of an issue of anything you do. But if you will develop your writing skills and develop your speaking skills, you'll find that the critical thinking is just develops along as an inherent part of that process. Next on the list is tenacity. Uh, you know, I don't have to say a lot about this. I know you get this. How many people really come up with an idea, they launch a startup and they become dot-com billionaires? It's one in a trillion. Most of the people, most of the really success, like if you take somebody like Mark Cuban, who's a billionaire and done really well, he had so many misses before his first hit. Read his books, you know, read the interviews with him, study what he's done. Uh, look at, at his history, you know, look at what Gates and, and Balmer and those guys went through when they started Microsoft. Look at what Jobs and Wozniak went through when they started Apple. Look at what the, the you know, Surgeon, uh, you know, the two guys at uh, Google went through. Uh, I mean, uh, Uber, you know, pick your whatever your, what you think is the sexy overnight success and you're going to see that was not an overnight success. And if those visionary entrepreneurs didn't have massive reservoirs, reservoirs of tenacity, they would have been roadkill along the way because they would have given up before the dream became actualized. And next skill I'm going to give you is discernment. Um, this is the other real variable that comes out of the ability to be a critical thinker. You just, you have to discern. This, this, this culture we live in now is a complete, uh, 
uh, avalanche, a, a, a tsunami of hot takes, right? Every cable news outlet has a hot take on everything that goes on. Every sports show has a hot take on every elite athlete, every championship, every league competition. You know, it's just the hot take of the day. And, and their job is to tell you what to think or influence you what to think. Uh, and the same way, if you're starting a, a, a business, um, in your reading those business magazines, you're getting the hot take of what it is. You go to business school. I mean, that is just crazy that there is even such a thing as business school. It's crazy to me that there's such a thing as an MBA in, you know, for business. Because what is business? Business is running a lemonade stand. Business is launching a social media platform. Business is uh, building a dry cleaner. Bu business is setting up a warehouse, you know, storage units where you uh, rent units to people to store their extra stuff. Business is developing condominiums. Business is uh, creating a rocket ship that's going to take people to Mars. Business is uh, selling telephones, business is selling cars, business is publishing, but uh, you know, how can there be a business school? Just the whole idea is preposterous. Yet we have people uh, just vapidly sitting in hours of classroom listening to abstract theories from professors who have never been in business in their life, and they're accepting this as gospel when they're not using their discernment to say, okay, that's an interesting idea. Let me extrapolate that and think how that would apply uh, in what I'm doing. And let me question the premise that this is based on because I don't know that that premise is correct. And if the premise is wrong, everything that comes off of the premise is wrong. And finally, numero siete, our superpower is curiosity, uh, which I believe is the ultimate superpower. Where does critical thinking come from? Curiosity. How do you develop a passion for reading? Curiosity. How do you develop a love of writing, a love of speaking? Curiosity. How do you learn about tenacity and discernment? Curiosity. Curiosity is uh, is is the imagination, and again, it's more about that lifelong learning, right? When you have this insatiable appetite of curiosity, you're automatically a lifelong learner, right? You're one of those people who will imagine what could be. Everybody can give you the data right? That the, the information. We don't need more information in the world. We have more information than we could process in a hundred lifetimes. What we need is people with the curiosity, the discernment, the critical thinking skills to interpret that information and say, okay, I imagine if we could uh, populate the moon. Imagine if we could travel to other solar systems. Imagine if we could develop a cure for AIDS. Uh, 
or cystic fibrosis or muscular dystrophy. You know, how would it be possible? These are all questions that come from curiosity. And you guys know, I'm always saying, it's not about the answers. The, the real work is coming up with the right questions. So when you have this curiosity, this really allows you to identify needs, identify problems, and then you can use the other skills to solve those problems. The curiosity allows you to recognize things that aren't operating at their peak potential. So again, you can use the other superpowers to add value. So the curiosity leads to solve problems, the curiosity leads to add value, and the curiosity leads to seeing possibilities. And if you read my uh, Mad Genius book, you know that was the, uh, the third element that I introduced uh, halfway through that book, that besides just adding value and solving problems, some of the great uh, prosperity decisions came from people's ability to see possibilities. This is Elon Musk all day, all night. This is a guy who sees possibilities. If you think of the iPad, it, it didn't solve a, a problem. Nobody was thinking about it. Nobody was thinking about how that would add value. But Steve Jobs saw the possibility. And he created a product that as soon as people saw it, they said, oh, I want one of those. I need one of those. How did I live this long without one of those? Right? So there we go. Character passion for reading, writing skills, speaking skills, tenacity, discernment, and curiosity. Those are what I believe are the seven superpowers to create wealth. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Uh, and then on the next episode, we're going to talk about how you uh, develop the environment around you to harness those superpowers and actually create wealth. So go out and be amazing. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.